Hey guys, how's it going? This is Hump. I hope everything's going totally space with you guys. It's a new adjective I'm trying out. It means rad. I think I say rad too much, so I'm trying to switch it out for space. Nice thing about using space as a synonym for rad is that in addition to being a totally space thing to do, it has a built-in antonym, which is Terry, short for terrestrial. Man, that dude thinks he's so space, but he is totally Terry. Yeah, I don't know. You think it's got legs? It might be a pretty Terry thing to do. Try to start a new slang term. But it might be pretty space. We'll see. Anyway, speaking of space, that's where the main part of our uh, next Teen Titans adventure takes place. Want to learn more about it? I think I do. Lottie wrote to me and told me that I forgot to put in a synopsis rhyme in the last episode. Sorry. I don't have to do them ever, you know. You can talk to your haberdasher about some brim topics, or you can stay tuned for a synopsis. Synopsis. Alright, I'm sorry. I need to address the fact that I just tried to rhyme brim topics with synopsis. I was in a rap group for 12 years, and I... The best rhyme that I can come up with right now is rhyming synopsis with brim topics, which not only doesn't really rhyme, it also doesn't make any sense. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, Teen Titans number 27, June 1970, written by Bob Kaniger, drawed by Nick Carty. Teen Titan Roll Call, Wonder Girl, Hawk, Dove, Speedy, Kid Flash, Mal, Lilith, in an adventure called Nightmare in Space. Previously in Teen Titans, feeling guilty for their complicity in the shooting death of a Nobel Peace Prize winning philanthropist, the new look Teen Titans have vowed never to use their powers again. After entering into the mentorship program of Mr. Jupiter, the richest and therefore most trustworthy man in the world, and discarding their costumes in favor of some snazzy jumpsuits, the young heroes moved to the ghetto for a day where they recruited new member Mal Duncan. Mal impressed the teens by repeatedly beating up a shitbag biker gang, both in and out of the boxing ring. After joining the team, Mal impressed the Titans further by stowing away aboard an unmanned flight bound for Venus. Zowie! Will the Titans be able to intercept their runaway teammate's spaceship in time to rescue him from his cosmic crisis? Short answer, yes. Long answer, this issue. The Teen Titans are understandably worried about their new pal's impromptu extraterrestrial journey. Mal seems to be doing okay. He just flew through some kind of weird glowing energy beam that screwed up his shuttle for a second, but then everything fixed itself. Hooray. The team consults their new benefactor, Mr. Jupiter, to formulate a plan. The Titans will go into space and rescue Mal. Brilliant. The six currently Earthbound Titans launch into space. Wonder Girl spends a couple pages remembering the events of the last two issues. Good times. I guess except for, you know, that guy getting killed. Once their ship gets near the moon, Kid Flash and Lilith get in the shuttle and head off to intercept their Venus-bound buddy. Then, Speedy, Hawk, and Wonder Girl get in a lunar module and go land on the moon for some reason. I mean, I guess they're in the neighborhood and, hey, may as well check it out before it gets too touristy. Dove stays in the command module and flies it in an orbit around the moon waiting for his teammates to return. Dove worries that he's going to fuck everything up. Good news, he doesn't. Meanwhile, on the moon, that's fun to say, the trio of Taurus teens discover that someone swiped a bunch of shit from the lunar base that Apollo 11 left there. Typical. 
This is why we as a species can't have nice things. Speedy and Hawk wander off to do some lunar sightseeing, leaving Wonder Girl to watch their stuff, because apparently this is a rough neighborhood. When they return an hour later, Wonder Girl is gone. Which wouldn't ordinarily be alarming, but she didn't leave a note. She always leaves a note. It's one of the first things they teach you on Paradise Island. Over in the Venus probe chaser, Kid Flash and Lilith are, well, chasing the Venus probe that Mal is on. Suddenly, their computer navigation breaks. Boo. Then Lilith uses the Force, or whatever, to accurately guide them to Mal's ship. Yay. Kid Flash takes a spacewalk and grabs Mal. Hooray! Then his tether breaks and they might be stranded in space. Boo. Then he fires a jet propulsion gun that sends them back to Lilith in the Venus chase probe. Yay. The three pals head back to reconvene with the rest of the Titans on the command module. Back on the moon, Wonder Girl returns to the lunar base with some new friends, some giant bear-like creatures made of cosmic energy. Okay. Turns out their spaceship is busted, and they swiped the stuff from the Apollo 11 to try to make space fuel out of it. When Wonder Girl explains that we as humans wanted our moon shit back, they were more than happy to return it. Speedy asks if they need help fixing their ship, but they tell him, nah, it's cool, they'll figure it out, probably with solar energy or something. That's good enough for the three teens, and they jump back in their shuttle and head up to the command module. Once all seven teens are aboard the ship, they head back to Earth. Yay! Then the oxygen gets turned off and they all hallucinate and attack each other. Oh no. Then they notice the oxygen is off and turn it back on. Hooray! Joining us once again is my good-for-many-things brother, Corey. Corey, how are you? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Awesome. We're doing back-to-back recordings for a Woo-hoo. little peek behind the sausage-making factory. <laughs> what? Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, see how the sausage is made. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I started to say a peek behind the curtain, but then... <laughs> Maybe what if behind that curtain they're making sausage? Okay. So, what'd you think? <laughs> Nightmare in space um, was a good issue. <laughs> I disagree. I thought the artwork was beautiful. The artwork was beautiful. The space shit was drawn great. This was, and this includes the entire Haney run and the Neil Adams stuff, the issue that I had the most trouble following what was going on. Mm. Their space mission was both boring and complicated. Too many abbreviations? A lot of abbreviations. A lot of different steps that seemed completely unnecessary. And I know Haney is rightly famous for doing unnecessarily complicated evil schemes. Mm -hmm. Or schemes in general. But this was just... Okay, so... The five titans mm-hmm. are chasing down Mal's Venus probe, right? Mm-hmm. So the five of them get into one spaceship. Mm-hmm. They go up into space. Mm-hmm. And then when they get near the moon, mm-hmm. two of them shoot off in a rocket towards Venus to intercept Mal. Mm-hmm. One of them orbits the moon. Mm-hmm. And three of them go to the moon. Mm-hmm. Why did those three guys go to the moon? They went to the moon to check on the things that were left there to make sure they were still there, like the American flag. So they were. So that was completely irrelevant to the rest of the mission. Which it turns they, out was missing. The American flag was missing. <laughs> oh, this is a big deal. But they were just like, 
These are well, fuck. If we're near the moon, we're gonna stop by. Well, and that was the whole that was the whole point of those three titans who were on a rescue mission for their missing friend who was going to die if they don't get there. They're just like, well, if you guys are going to the moon, I want going to go near the moon. We just want to go to the moon and go for a walk and go for a walk nice on the moon. Nice long walk. Okay, and meet those. Those they were they were not for no reason. They were not there to meet the tardigrade looking energy beings. They didn't know they were there. Mm. Those things looked rad as hell. Yep. And they were so nice. They were really cool. Oh, we'll like, just, just hang really out. Really chill. We'll hang out here on the moon. We'll go, we'll hang out here on the moon. Uh yeah, well, well some people are going to be stopping by the moon real soon. They'll just help you out. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Don't put yourself out. We'll try to re-energize our space fuel with your sun. Yeah. Why didn't they try to do that before? Also, here's one problem I had with the uh, this, the, right, the cooler shit There's... energy bears. <laughs> Is that so? They explain that they are they've been living in peace for eons in an advanced society that communicates telepathically and. They thought they were the sole inhabitants of the universe. But when they were on there, then they find out, hey, there's people on Earth. Let's go check them out. Mm-hmm. When they go to check them out, they encounter a rogue energy pod mm-hmm. that they are that is their enemy that they are at war with, and it throws them off course. Mm-hmm. They have been living in peace for eons. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? There is a big inconsistency in those energy bears' story. Ah, uh, you will brook no argument here, sir. Okay. I thought you were an energy bear apologist. Well, it's possible that an eon is a measurement of time. And it's probable that an eon is a measurement of time. <laughs> Let's just say an eon is a measurement of time. Let's agree on that. Okay. Agreed. And they haven't had any enemies for eons. Sure. Maybe they had one before, and we had a not-so-reliable energy bear narrator who didn't know that. And uh, and uh, Bob Haney made a mistake. Well, Bob Haney made a mistake in leaving the Titans title. This is Bob Kaniger. Bob, I got the wrong Bob. Mm. Kaniger made a mistake. Seems unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> this, it was also, the issue was super space jargony. And it didn't seem like it was that accurate, but he was making sure to use as much jargon as he could. It reminded me, I think, in the operation that was happening on the Albert Schweitzer fill-in that got murdered. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of, like, medical terms being bandied about that Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't think that's how that shit works. Mm -hmm. But this was, I mean, clearly... This was written near the height of space enthusiasm, Mm -hmm. like space exploration, moon landing and shit. Mm -hmm. And I get that he's trying to cash in on that, but it it didn't work for me. It it was it was problematic. There is a lot of inconsistency in, in this issue. There is inconsistency. And also the way the plot advanced, like, don't get me wrong. I got no problems with the cool ass energy bears. Oh, yeah. No, those guys are great. Despite... I don't know what the fuck they were doing in the story. They impacted the story not at all. Well, you're right. It's weird. I, I mean, the story is they're going to go get Mal. They're a filler. So they go get Mal. Yeah, they they felt... And they felt like total filler. Mm. But, like, they're like, 
oh, we thought we would encounter you. you. Our space problem needs... They didn't even, like, it's not like the Titans showed up and chance to encounter them. And then there's a subplot where they solve the energy bear's energy crisis or anything. They encounter the energy bear creatures and are like, hey, well, it's cool that we met you. Oh, cool. We'll fix our own problem and you go on your way. Okay. You know... They impacted the story not at all. Well, they did explain when the Titans went on their walk to check on the American scientific stuff that they had to bring back, why that stuff was missing, including the American flag. Right, but the fact that the stuff had been missing was a mystery that was... But it also... Created whole cloth for no reason. Correct. But what's curious about that is the energy bears took the flag among the other things in hopes of repairing their ailing spacecraft, which was, I guess, running... Needed a fuel recharge? Yeah. So they're like, this thing will work. Yeah. They were going to burn the flag? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. Those energy bears were totally going to burn the flag. And this is the Nixon administration, right? Yes, this is the Nixon administration. Yeah, burning the flag. Totally, like, mm mm-mm. Back then. Okay, to be fair, Corey, burning the American flag has been frowned upon by numerous administrations. <laughs> Correct, but I think at this point it wasn't protected by by the First Amendment. Wait, it, that's the, is that the... Is that the guns one? Which is the free speech one? <laughs> First, do you, Corey, do you want me to edit this part out? <laughs> that's probably for the best. Yeah, the free speech one is the first one. Okay. The guns one is the second one. Thank God. <laughs> Okay, I got that right. I'm okay. We're good. Okay. So, <laughs> wasn't didn't that happen later? What? The, the the whole, like, flag burning thing that, I remember when I was a kid that was, like, on the news a bunch during, when Reagan was president? Um, and oh, it was under Bush and Reagan, I think, they were proposing they're like constitutional it's, amendments that would specifically ban burning the flag, and then they, this, I think, eventually, as a nation, we just decided, that's fucking silly. Yeah. We don't need to do that. Okay, I guess yes, I, you shouldn't burn the flag, but yeah, it's we not, don't it's not need cool, to amend the but, constitution but for it. Ah. <laughs> okay, we're not going to throw you in jail. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, okay. But I, I will say, across the board, it has been kind of frowned on for a while. Yeah, especially during the Nixon administration. Okay, especially during the Nixon administration. <laughs> yeah, you should edit this part out. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> to be fair, this is the second in a row podcast. And, and we have been having our attendant cocktails throughout. I should say the dynamic tension between the quadruple espresso and the whiskey that I had earlier has shifted in alcohol's favor. Yes. Mm. Well, there you have it. Yeah, well, they're really, it's weird. I feel like there's not a hell of a lot to touch on. There's not a lot of story here. They go to space. Mal encounters the weird energy bear's trail, but then just corrects his course after it. Mm-hmm. So that didn't even affect that, didn't throw him off. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of non-problems. And then I feel like at the end, it's like, and then they start going home and everything's solved. And then he's like, oh shit, I got two more pages. Shit. Then their oxygen turns off and they attack each other for a while and then they realize it's because their oxygen's off, so they turn their oxygen back on. Yeah. It, it's the, the flow of the story didn't work for me. Uh, like you said, beautiful artwork, really well drawn by, by Nick Cardi. Mm-hmm. Does bother me again that there's no, on the cover, no mention of Mal mm-hmm. or Lilith. You know what's a other, uh, there's a couple things about Mal's story too that, that kind of bothered me in this. One is... And I know they can't go into every detail in the comics, but, like, 
He was going to be on that rocket for a long-ass time. Yeah. What did he bring to eat? Probably some energy bars. Okay. Or some, uh, this is the, the 70s, so probably he brought some of that astronaut ice cream. Well, I've never had that. Have you had that? Oh, yeah, it's terrible. Mm. But I want some. Freeze-dried shit's pretty weird. Yeah, no, it's it's not good, but you, you kind of want it. If, you're, if, if you go to, like, a museum of science and industry or an aerospace museum, mm. you're going to want to get some freeze-dried ice cream. Well, sure. It's not good, but you're going to want to get some. And I think Mal probably, Mr. Jupiter had a fucking stash of that shit. And back then, they were freeze-drying everything. This is astronaut food. He probably brought mm. some tang with him, mm. probably brought some astronaut ice cream. Mm. And so he's good. Okay, okay, cool. So that's one thing. That yes. clears that up. Okay. Thank you. That no was, problem. That's what I'm here for. It was bugging me. Um, and the other thing is, okay, so ostensibly his groove that he needed to follow was being the first dude from Hell's Corner to go to the far, to go to deep space. Yes. Ostensibly, since he accomplished that, he was totally cool with the, the Titans rescuing him and yeah. taking him back? Yeah. Okay. It's just, it seemed... You thought he wanted to go to Venus. Yeah, I thought, like, he's like, I'm in this all the way, and they show up, and... And because at one point, too, he's like, hey, guys, thanks for coming to rescue me. Like, it's cool if you can't do it. If you can't, I get it. Yeah. I still had to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I think the thing is, before they rescue him, they do make clear, it's like, hey, we got a lot of awesome data from your transmissions that we wouldn't have gotten if this had stayed an unmanned mission. So you really did a good job. Mm. Uh, you were a gift you were great. Yeah, you're, you're a great astronaut, and we're glad that you stowed away aboard this unmanned flight to venus that for whatever reason we did decide to fully kit out to make it have life support capabilities and tang processing and tang. how do you think tang is processed you add water to it so by tang processing facilities you mean there was some water yep okay yeah and it had tang processing facilities um <laughs> in a sink I don't think it had a sink. Oh, because probably it just no had gravity. a bottle. Yeah, there's no no gravity. Like a, okay, they had a sink would be a sprinkler. Every sink is sprinkler in space, Corey. What a magical place! I know. It does look magical, like especially the cosmic trail that the energy bears leave. Mm. It's fucking rad. Yeah, indeed. So yeah, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, there. I I honestly I feel like there's not that much to talk about in in this issue. Uh, there's there's a nice stinger at the end that's the the teaser for the next issue, which my notes <laughs> on that say ending dot 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 WTF. Yeah. So it's a lady screaming. Mm-hmm. Old lady? No. Maybe not. Uh I I'm sure it is not an old lady because I've read ahead. I can see where from the picture you might think she is an old lady. With orange eyeballs. She's just scared. <laughs> it's just, it's just when you're scared, your your eyeballs turn orange. Okay, you didn't know that. She looks like a, that is a creepy picture. She's very frightened, mm. or just very unsettled. And then we see the silhouettes of two men in hats who are crouching in the bushes, and they are saying, "A girl. She was watching. She must have seen the whole thing. After her." My supposition is that those dudes were fucking in the bushes. <laughs> and some lady saw them and she's like, oh, they're like, oh, fuck, it's 1970. We're going to get in trouble. Man, that in, in those two panels in particular, the artwork really reminds me of, I don't know if you ever saw like the early um, the promotional posters for the Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, no, it looks like 
not just like Night of the Living Dead necessarily, but like a 50s horror movie. Mm. Uh, 40s, yeah, like 50s horror movie, possibly a horror science fiction movie. The moon's all creepy. Moon's creepy, lady looks creepy, dudes fucking in the bushes look creepy. It's all creepy. All creepy. All the time. Every day. The other nice thing is the opening panel, which is Wonder Girl, or Wonder, yeah, Wonder Girl, having a nightmare about Mal being in space. Oh, yeah. When she wakes up from her nightmare, she looks legitimately terrified. Freak the fuck out. It's pretty rad. Lilith is trying to comfort her, but that that is really cool. Was there anything else in there in the issue proper you wanted to touch on? No, not really. I mean, I think the artwork was beautiful and the story was thin. That's... The artwork was beautiful. The story was was thin to the point of almost being non-existent. They 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 set up a story where they had to go and get Mal and bring him back from space, and the story was pretty much that sentence. It, however, like I think there were also some some movie like or TV show like aspects to it where. If this had been a show about space rescue, those parts of where uh, I think it's Dove that's piloting the the castle, yeah, and so, he was like, "If I screw this up, like we're all gonna die," <laughs> like, and that kept happening. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, and that, so, was, that was that was that that was I I did actually enjoy that. So Dove is the one who has to, I think, just kind of sit in the capsule as it orbits around the moon, mm-hmm. and then when it comes back, they go back up to the capsule yeah, and meet a, him there. Yep. And that's where they meet up when they come back from wherever the fuck. Uh, Venus. Outer space. En route to Venus. Mm-hmm. Deep space. Um, where they meet up with him there. And that actually bleeds into uh, what was your favorite dialogue? Uh, I actually had a, had a few, but I see where you're going with this and I did write that down <laughs> because on page okay. 11 I think it's... Um, it's it's Hawk uh, telling of his bro- his brother. Yeah, and it, this is my favorite. <laughs> I and like there's this. a very tender goodbye where where Wonder Girl is worried about her teammates that are going off towards Venus. She kisses Kid Flash on the cheek and says, C- "Come back." And as Hawk goes to leave to go to the moon with Wonder Girl and Speedy, he grabs his brother on the on the shoulder. Which, firm grasp of the shoulder is what I have always been told is a Texas hug. Mm. And says, don't mess this up, dummy. You blow it and we're dead pigeons. <laughs> yep. I, that was my favorite dialogue. That was my first choice. Um, what else do you have? I had another one, which is which is Mal uh, on page 18, when he's also basically saying, like, don't, don't screw this up or bad shit's going to happen. What I have written down is basically, like, don't screw up or... Uh, Man, we'll be swinging cats in this funky space disco for the next trillion years. Oh, shit, I missed that. That's awesome. <laughs> it's after their rope, or I think their tether or something has yeah. come apart. Okay, here, yeah. Man, if that boost doesn't work, we'll be swinging cats in this funny space disco for the next trillion years. That is really good. So those are those are my two choices. So what is your favorite panel? I had three, and they all begin with the word space or spacey. Mm-hmm. I guess they're not all super memorable because I can't remember any except for the last one, which is on page 22, which I titled Space Rage. And I think that's the one with the... Where green... they're all attacking each other because yeah. they're in space. And there's this green kind of wash over the whole thing that mm-hmm. gives it this really kind of nightmarish, weird... No, that's a very, very cool panel. My favorite, there's a triptych of shots that is right after the funny space disco where there's no dialogue and 
it's a very small, there's a ton of negative space in it, and it is of Mal and Kid Flash being been propelled by Kid Flash firing his propulsion gun back towards the space capsule. Mm. And it's really cool looking, and it's almost all black. And it, it manages to a little bit convey the vastness and kind of scariness of yeah. open space. It captures that kind of um, eerie silence of yeah. The my, vacuum of space. My my favorite though is the space bear thing describing his home world, where he's saying that they've lived in there for in thousands for eons in peace, mm-hmm. uh, which they haven't. But the background of the world that is being described, where the telepathic energy bears live, is fucking beautiful, and that is my favorite shot of the energy bear. It, it really does manage to somehow be drawn as though it is made of energy mm-hmm. and it looks really really cool our cardi really outdid himself there they're super mellow too those guys are rad yeah no they're fucking they're, they're awesome you know what if you're an energy bear and you need to burn our flag to get back to your planet fucking go ahead we'll make more yeah it's just cool. fucking do it you burn our constitution throw that in there too what the original one the one with the map on the back that says where all the treasure is. Because that's on the moon. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think we probably put a copy of it up there. Not the original. We probably put the original. Nobody's going to find it up there. That's the safest place for it. That way Nicolas Cage will never get to it. Bam. Boom. That treasure will never be found. Oop. Never. <laughs> yeah. And who is your favorite Titan? Uh, my favorite Titan, this issue number 27, June 1970, uh... Stop stalling. ...is, uh, <laughs> Wonder Girl. Because she made friends with the energy she bears. She made friends with the energy and bears. And convinced them to just let them hang out on the moon and wait for help while the Titans won the home. I think my favorite is Dove. He does a good job. He's scared being all by himself. He's never felt so alone as when he is flying around in the uh, command module by himself. The CM. That's what it stands for. Command module. Thank you for clearing that up. No problem. I don't think it ever mentions that. That is an assumption on my part, but I'm pretty sure it's the command module and the lunar module. Yeah. The LM. Yeah, I got the LM. Um, (laughs) It's bigger than a centimeter. And, uh, you know, even though he's a big dummy. He didn't mess it up. Nope. And they all lived. So, you know, they aren't dead pigeons, thanks Mm. to Dove. So, you know, that's nice. There's, before we get into what Aqualad's probably up to, I did want to just real quick read, I think this issue has my favorite letter that I've read. (laughs) I read it aloud to Corey before. If I was 10 years old and was writing a letter to to a comic editor, I I would hope it came out. This is by Glenn Fisher, who is age 10. Dear Editor, all right, I'm going to get it off my mind. Where is Aqualad? Five issues have gone by, and he still hasn't been around. And you're not having Teen Titans in uniform anymore? Robin leaving? Teen Titans without Robin is like eating a pie made of steel. And then parentheses, I wouldn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) That is the best (laughs) metaphor I have ever heard. Nobody would like that. Why did you add more members? 16 Titans are too many. It was supposed to be a small group. What about Aqualad leaving Teen Titans? Batman, Flash, Green Arrow, and Aqualad have lost partners. In issue 25 of Teen Titans, the JLA made a guest appearance. Why not have the Teen Titans in the next JLA issue? So, I've gotten it off my mind. Thank you. Good afternoon. Glenn Fisher, age 10. 
P.S. My sister and I have read every issue of Teen Titans since number 14. Ken knows his business. Yeah, man. That letter was like a pie not made out of steel. I enjoyed it. it. Enjoyed it. Nice. I liked it. Either way. Yes. So there was one thing that uh, we had maybe chatted, you know, off speaker about adding in. Yes. Which is your uh, sartorially. Sartorially. Sartorially speaking. uh, Fashion. A fashion column? A fashion column, as it were. So what did you think? I didn't have any strong thoughts about the fashion in this issue. Yeah, it was really the last issue that had that going on. But um, in, in this one, basically all we really had to work with were spacesuits. They were some great spacesuits. Very mm-hmm. flattering. Yep. They did have hoses that were connected to, like, the nipple area. Oh, yeah. You, nipple, your, your nipple needs to be properly aerated or you're going to die of um, space nipple blockage. Okay. I didn't I, know that, that was my question. Yeah, no, no, no. That's that's functional. So form and function. Fashion. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, mm. don't get me wrong. Nipple hoses are a great look. Yeah, but they're also you got to get oxygen to your nipples. Corey. Okay, okay. That's space one hundred and one. I have so much to learn. <laughs> yeah, well, you've got a while before you're going to steer stow aboard a mission to Venus. Before I'm going to snowboard a mission to Venus. Before you're going to snowboard <laughs> stow aboard. Corey, you're not snowboarding. Not on my watch. I know. I have not gotten any negative feedback from snowboarders or, or psych majors. <laughs> so what do you think Aqualad's up to? I can tell you definitively what Aqualad is up to. Mm. He's out sending Beaky to pick up a trench coat and a fedora. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. That is what Aqualad is not just possibly, not probably, that is what Aqualad is certainly up to. What did you think he was up to? You know, I think that the two things Aqualad could be up to are, I think Aqualad, it's not mutually exclusive. I think after, he's been doing a lot lately, and I think he... He's been busy as fuck, man. Yeah, he was just exploring the Paschetti Trench. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, and doing all this other political shit and musical stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he just wanted to chill out, and I, I just had him at home chilling, you know, with his shellavision, uh, watching like um, American uh, Bandstand, uh, Star Trek uh, Next Generation reruns, not what? Next Generation, the original series, <laughs> the one with William Shatner. It's like, does he have a time machine? In? It's it gets really complicated. Sorry, yeah. the space issue was messing with me. Oh. No, no, he's just, like old school Star Trek. He's, just, he's watching Star Trek reruns yeah, on a shell of Yeah, just marathon. And, you know, he could do that and have Be- Beaky out. Picking him up a trench coat and fedora? Mm-hmm. Is he gonna... I'm not saying what he's gonna do. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Is the pel- I-, I will tell you is this. I will tell you this. in the costume? No. Mm. But I will tell you this. He is not. Contrary to what you might think, using it to sit on a friend's shoulders and sneak into an R-rated movie. Okay. Because I was thinking it was something to do with BT yeah, no. and the, the whole trench coat thing. No, he's 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 not sneaking into an R-rated movie. He's, okay. He doesn't need to hide a flamingo in his coat. No, he doesn't need to hide a flamingo in his coat. No one needs to hide a flamingo in their coat. I mean a pelican. Yeah, he might be hiding a pelican. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. Yeah. Well, there you have it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Don't apologize, Corey. Never apologize. You guys, not hearing from you. Why? 
That's like eating a pie made of steel. <laughs> I like do it. not enjoy it. I do not like it. Nobody likes eating steel Nobody pies. likes eating steel pie. Least of all Glenn Fisher, who by this point is probably older than 10 years old. <laughs> Highly likely. I can't really do the math on that right now, but I'm pretty sure he is... If this issue came out in 1970, he is older than 10 years old. He is... 40... No. Nope. <laughs> he was zero years old when this came out. <laughs> he was 10. Uh, he was 10 and it was 1970. He's in his 50s. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. If you feel like dropping us a line, please do so. You can contact us at ttwasteland at gmail.com or just drop us a line on our Facebook page. We love hearing from you. It's like eating a pie that isn't made out of steel. We like it. Mm. See you later. Bye. And they knew it.